Hey everybody, this is Hunter Williams. Today is going to be episode 63 of the NeuroEdge podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and I am actually doing a little bit of an experiment today where I am streaming live on YouTube via the camera that I'm using. So hopefully this goes okay. Hopefully I don't cut out and this actually gets recorded and everything because this is my first time trying it. So that being said, let's go ahead and talk about what I'm going to be discussing today. So the name of today's episode, episode 63, is 14 Ways to Naturally Heal Your Gut. And this is something that is very near and dear to my heart because for much of my life, I wouldn't say I've had quote-unquote stomach problems, but I've always had a more sensitive stomach that has been more easily irritated. I've always had more problems with my stomach than not, uh, particularly when I was a little bit younger, and I probably had to do a lot with different things I was eating in my diet and just not taking care of myself. However, as I have transitioned to being older and becoming more conscious of how I treat my stomach, it is something that I've gotten down to the science of understanding and by no means perfect, but have used a lot of these techniques to help my stomach just function better, be better overall, and everything. So that being said, uh, these are just all natural recommendations for your stomach. So this isn't getting too high a level or too advanced. And uh, when it comes to your gut, everyone is so biochemically and biologically unique that there's going to be, if you're experiencing gut problems, there's going to be a bunch of different stuff that may be causing your gut problems. So that being said, these are things that I tried to keep it a 30,000 foot view overarching theme of how they kind of interrelate to our stomach and what they're going to do to help us just have overall better gut health. And these are things that anybody can apply and they should help. So before I jump on into that, don't forget, if you like this content, if it resonates with you, please share it. It helps get the message out and helps make everybody healthier and live a higher performing life where they are becoming the best version of themselves. And you don't mind sharing it if you're whether you're listening to it on a podcast, on YouTube, or you come across it on Instagram, wherever it is, or Facebook. If you like it, share it. Again, it helps get the word out. And also, if you want to be a community, part of a community right now, I am working on growing our Facebook group where it's going to be a community of other people that enjoy this type of content or really into self-improvement, becoming the healthiest version of themselves, and having the highest energy, highest cognitive performance possible. So don't forget to join that group. Let me know what you think. And then also, if you have any feedback, if you try any of these, leave a description or comment or any of that because I'd love to hear from you. So anyway, let's get on into it. So it is my firm belief before I jump into all these different ways. It's my firm belief that our stomach is the source of much of our overall well-being. And I really think a lot of people will say stuff starts in your brain really starts in your stomach because your stomach is the precursor towards what your brain is going to experience. And when you prime your stomach to be the healthiest version of itself, your body and your brain is going to be much healthier as well. So your stomach is kind of the baseline. I do talk about your brain as being the baseline, but you really need to prime your stomach. If you think about it, if you think about your body as a garden and we want the nicest, cleanest garden possible. We want to make sure that everything in that garden is prim, proper, cut, all that good stuff to the nines. Well, our stomach is the soil to that garden. So if you think about your body as a garden, our stomach is the soil to that. So we want to make sure that we have really healthy soil in our garden because we're not going to be able to flourish. We're not going to have 
really beautiful crops. We're not gonna have really beautiful plants and flowers if our soil isn't healthy. So that's why it's so important to focus on gut health. And I could talk about this for hours and I will be talking about for hours in my upcoming training program, but this is just kind of a high level overview of different little things that you can do one by one that don't require too much of a habit change in your life to make a difference and make progress in terms of how your stomach feels. And there can be a lot of different things. One thing that people experience now that is really prevalent that a lot of people may know they don't even have is leaky gut. And what happens is a lot of toxins and everything that are in the foods that we eat can actually cause our intestines to become leaky because they damage the lining of our intestines thereby allowing a lot of those toxins to get into our bloodstream and then eventually if it's bad enough into our brain or we can have neuroinflammation and things like that. So when we look at our brain and we want our brain to be the healthiest version possible, we have to understand that our gut is extremely important in helping our brain become healthy. But that being said, leaky gut is a, a problem. There's also a big problem that is coming to the forefront now called SIBO and that's abbreviated S-I-B-O and that stands for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. And what can happen is you can have a buildup of bad bacteria in your small intestine and it kind of backs up, up through your stomach. And that's where a lot of people will get kind of bloating right there at the top of their stomach. Or you'll see people that kind of have a gut right there where it looks like there's a rock sticking out of their stomach right there. And that's why it's because they're probably experiencing SIBO or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So there's a host of problems. The stomach is so complex. I can't break down everyone, but these Tips that I'm gonna give you are things that anybody can implement, whether you're an elite level athlete with 0% body fat, or you're just someone that is at home looking to improve their gut and making sure that their system is wired to be healthy overall. So before getting started, I just wanna, again, say these are all natural things and there's not gonna be anything that is too complex here. But I do want to give my input. So as I go through these, I'm going to kind of talk about what I've experienced going through these. So out of the 14, number one, let's get after it, is bone broth. And this is something that I ingest at least four to five times a week is grass-fed bone broth. And what is unique about bone broth is it has a high concentration of L-glutamine, which is shown to help gut function, help heal your stomach lining. So it kind of going back to the leaky gut problem, can go into your stomach and help heal a lot of that leaky gut that you may, may be experiencing. But it's one of the easiest ways you can support your gut health. I think it tastes great and whether you buy it, you can buy it in a powder form where you get bone, bone broth protein or you can get it in a liquid form. One of the brands that I really like because it tastes amazing and I know it's organic grass-fed, grass-finished bone broth from cows that are grass-fed and grass-finished is Kettle and Fire. Their stuff tastes amazing and if you ever wanna use it in recipes, you can do that or I just like to even drink it straight, especially in the wintertime when it's cold outside, it's nice to heat up and drink. Um, you can also make it on your own, whether that's with chicken or beef or whatever it is, but bone broth is huge. And again, it has collagen that's going to help improve your stomach lining and then also the L-glutamine, which helps as well. And I love that stuff and I notice it kind of gives you this soothing feeling and I think that's from the glutamine, the L-glutamine that is in bone broth. So it kind of soothes your stomach and just gives it a nice, coating and helps again if you're experiencing leaky gut. That's something that a lot of doctors recommend to help you with leaky gut because it kind of heals up that stomach lining there. So next one is going to be 
feeding your gut good bacteria. And this is gonna come from eating a lot of foods that are fermented. And to be honest, this is something that I have to get a lot better at because I don't have a natural proclivity to enjoy these foods. But they can be things like sauerkraut, kefir, I think that's how you say it, kefir or kefir, uh, homemade yo yogurt, beet kvass, and basically any other fermented form of veggies. And when you ferment a vegetable or any of these other foods, it actually explodes the amount of good bacteria that's in it, and that goes into our stomach and helps feed our stomach. So I do take a probiotic, which I'll talk about later, but feeding your stomach these good bacteria through food is a way that we can't necessarily get it from ingesting a probiotic. And what's great about food is it has prebiotic fiber in it that helps as a delivery mechanism for the probiotics, whereas a lot of probiotic capsules that you take don't actually make it through your stomach acid to go down through the rest of your body and colon and everything like that. So when you eat the food, it has a prebiotic fiber to help your stomach digest it and absorb those probiotics in a better manner, which I think is really, really important. And again, something that with all the different foods that we eat, think about a lot of the meats that we eat are actually from animals that have been fed antibiotics. Well, in small enough quantities, you eat that same meat over and over again, you're eventually getting a high enough concentration of those antibiotics in your system. Well, that kills your good stomach bacteria. Just as taking an antibiotic for some sort of medical condition, which I've done in the past as well, by no means is fun and it ruins your stomach. I've had firsthand experience with that. Um, when you ingest antibiotics through your meat, it's also destroying your stomach and you really need to replenish that with the good stomach bacteria that you would get from eating foods rich in probiotics. So number three is avoiding lectins. And think about lectins as things that are in vegetables, particularly raw vegetables, that actually cause an inflammatory response in our stomach. And this is really getting big now. If you have heard of Dr. Stephen Gundry, he wrote a book called The Plant Paradox and discusses how lectins in our food, particularly some of these raw vegetables, can cause a lot of gut irritation, which ends up leading to a whole host of other problems and can be the catalyst for autoimmune diseases and things like that. So lectins are foods that are, it's a mechanism in plants that actually when you eat the plant, the plant releases a hormone that causes you to have an inflammatory response because the plant is trying to survive and it doesn't necessarily want you. Now there's an argument whether small amounts of that can actually be good for you long-term in the form of hormesis, which I've talked about before. However, we know for the most part, lectins can cause a lot of irritation. And so the flip side of this is you do want to eat vegetables because you can get a lot of nutrients from them, but you want to make sure that they're cooked in the right way. So it's actually healthier to eat cooked vegetables because it's going to kill a lot of these lectins, particularly if you cook them in a pressure cooker. So I'm going to talk about a little bit later in this episode is one of the ways but when you cook them in a pressure, pressure cooker, it removes a lot of the lectins and gut irritating compounds that can be found in a lot of the vegetables you eat. So I know conventional wisdom will tell you to eat raw vegetables and those can be good. However, in high quantities, they can actually kill you. A lot of the stuff coming out now with the carnivore diet, and I'm not saying you have to be carnivore, but the carnivore diet and things like the book that Stephen Gunder wrote called The Plant Paradox have demonstrated that a lot of these are not necessarily good for us at least in larger quantities. Number four, and I'm a huge proponent of this and I have noticed massive change in my life since I have done this, is exiling gluten, soy, and processed food. So if you can get gluten, soy, and processed food out of your body, that will heal so much chronic inflammation that will be in your stomach. And I'm not gonna preach about all the dangers of those. Those are 
really topics in and of themselves that need to be gone over. But if you can just get rid of gluten, soy, and processed food from your diet, you will notice a massive jump in their health. You can look at the genetically modified aspect of it. You can look at the stomach irritation aspect of it. You can look at the fact that a lot of those foods are made and harvested with pesticides. So there is a whole host of problems. And unfortunately, gluten, soy, and processed food probably makes up 80 to 90% of what we are eating. And the sad part of that is it's a lot of what our youth are eating, which affects their brain development and keeps their, their brain from functioning and developing to the highest level possible, which is not good long-term for society and where society is going. So that is one thing. If I could tell anybody that, any of my clients that I work with or anybody, that's one thing that I would be willing to die on, die on the hill is get rid of gluten, soy, and processed food. Not that they can't in very pure forms, not processed food, but gluten, soy, necessarily be unhealthy, but the form in which we are eating them is just not good long-term. So the next one, and I, this is number five, I have to get so much better at this because this is not my nature, but chew your, boo, chew your food 30 to 40 times per bite. And this is what is recommended in order for your body to properly digest the food, get it through your digestive tract and use the energy properly. I grew up in a household where I had a lot of siblings and there, was, there wasn't, it's not that we didn't have enough food, but if you didn't eat fast, you didn't get as much food. And so I was just always in a state where I was eating really fast not fasted, just eating really fast. And so I have a nature to, when I eat, just want to wolf food down and eat as fast as I can. And I know for a fact I might chew my food three to four times per bite instead of 30 to 40 times per bite. So that's something I definitely got to work on. But you need to do that in order to break down the food for your stomach. And we also get a better digestive enzyme release from our stomach when we chew our food more because it's sending a signal to our body that, hey, there's food in here, we need to release digestive enzymes. So that's a huge thing and something I personally am trying to work on and taking smaller bites and chewing properly. Next one is going to be water with lemon and apple cider vinegar. And I am a huge fan of this. I usually drink one to two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar a day, but not only does apple cider vinegar help with insulin regulation, but it's also gonna help with detoxing your stomach. So a lot of us, even if you eat a healthy diet, if you go to restaurants or things like that, there's gonna be toxins different bad foods that are building up in your stomach that we get just from being in our modern world. And apple cider vinegar is one of the healthiest things you can do, especially paired with lemon, because lemon helps as well. Uh, you wanna make sure you dilute this in water so that it doesn't burn your esophagus on the way down, because I have done that many times as well. So you wanna make sure you have at least, I like to have like 14 to 16 ounces of water for every tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, but you wanna make sure that it's diluted, but this is one of the most powerful mechanisms, not only for insulin sensitivity to help your body responding to eating carbohydrates, but also for detoxing and apple cider vinegar is like one of the most awesome natural compounds that we can eat to help with longevity, again, detoxification and all those things. So moving on, number seven is going to be eat organ meats and wild caught fish. And this is something that I really want to get better at. I do love grass-fed beef. However, not a lot of that grass-fed beef is more muscle meat, but organ meats and things like liver, uh, kidney, testicle, all that stuff. I know that sounds kind of nasty, but it's actually very healthy for you. Um, they, when they come from a grass-fed cow or whatever, if it's lamb, any of that stuff, um, they're packed way more full of nutrients and healthy fats 
that help us. And again, these go back to a lot of the omega-3 fatty acids that we get that we wouldn't necessarily get from a really lean cut of meat that help our brain develop. But that's also great for our stomach because it helps with all those nutrients. Our stomach is better able to heal when it is properly getting the proper nutrients and minerals that would it would get from some of those richer, denser cuts of meat. Number eight, number eight and again, this is something that I am, I almost said number eight. Number eight is going to be, don't eat the same foods every day. And I'm guilty of this because I'm very regimented. I like to plan everything out. And so I tend to stick to the same foods, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But what can happen is over time, and I've heard of this, especially with very high level athletes that are so dialed in on their diet, is that you can actually develop slight food allergies by drinking and eating the same thing over and over again. So we wanna make sure that we're rotating our foods, make sure that they're all healthy. And you can even do more of a seasonal approach. So when it's the summer, you might be eating more fruits. When it's the winter, you might be focused more on doing like a carnivore diet where it would be something that our ancestors would have had in the winter. So and it, this all kind of depends on where your ancestry is from and what it would have been seasonal for them that might be better for you long-term. But if you can just change up the foods, I think it helps prevent a lot of the intolerances. And this is something I'm definitely working on because I tend to, not that I'm perfect by any means, but I tend to get into the habit of eating the same healthy foods over and over again. And I notice my body responds better when I switch those up into doing something obviously healthy and you just not to eat the same foods, not to go to the junk food, but it's just to keep that routine and keep it switched up. Next one, number nine is going to be eating in a relaxed state. And this is something that I have noticed probably in the last three or four months, I've really tried to make a concerted effort to do is eating a relaxed state. And again, I talk about our autonomic nervous system and we have our sympathetic response and our parasympathetic response. Well, if we are in a stressed state when we are eating, you do not get nowhere near the amount of digestive enzymes that we need to break down the food. And also our body doesn't process that food properly. So you could be eating perfectly healthy, but if you're stressed out to the max from your job or your family, relationships, whatever may be going on, your body actually is in a position because of the way that your sympathetic nervous system is stimulated, your body isn't in a position to receive that food. So think about it like this. If some, you saw someone on the street and they didn't have any money, didn't have any clothes, anything like that, and you went up to them and just gave them a $100 bill, they might be in such a stressed state that that $100 bill isn't going to really do anything for them because they're so stressed out. It's kind of the same thing with food. If you're in such a stressed state, and you're giving your body healthy food, your body isn't in a position to actually take that food and use it. So what I try to do is do a little bit of breath work before eating, bless your food, say a prayer, whatever it is around your food that helps calm you down and put your body in more of a receptive state. And that's something I wanna talk about more in the future on another episode, but I think that can be huge. And especially in today's age, we everybody knows you should eat healthier, but what state is your nervous system in when you are eating and how does that affect what you're doing? So. Moving along, number 10 is going to be invest in an instant pot. This is actually something that I have gotten recently that I really love and have noticed that when I cook anything like vegetables, like I had talked about before, that when you pressure cook something, it removes a lot of the lectins. What is cool about an instant pot is that it also cooks food really fast. So whereas potatoes might take 45 minutes to cook in an oven. You can put them in an instant pot and they're usually done depending on the size within 15, 10, 15, 20 minutes. 
depending on if they're smaller or bigger. Same thing with vegetables. It's really fast, really convenient. And also, again, going back to the Plant Paradox book by Dr. Stephen Gundry, removes a lot of those lectins. So it helps prep the food in a way that more our ancestors probably would have done, where we are pressurizing it, steaming it in a way that removes a lot of those lectins, thereby reducing the inflammation and irritation that we would be getting in our gut. But they're usually, you can find them for like $70 or $80. It doesn't have to be an Instant Pot. That's the name of the brand, but if you found a pressure cooker. And it's also convenient, so everybody's busy these days. It helps you cook your food fast, but also in a way that helps align your stomach with being healthy. The next one, and I am a huge proponent of this, is using herbs like turmeric and ginger. And I have noticed when I take turmeric, and I've been taking a turmeric supplement lately that I really like. I think it's called Curamed turmeric and it's a really concentrated dose of turmeric, but also ginger. I noticed that ginger really helps my stomach and that can be in a bunch of different forms if you are someone that likes sushi. I know for instance, when I eat the ginger that comes with sushi, which is just the pickled ginger, that, that helps a lot. And I think there's a little bit more probiotics in that as well because it's pickled. But these are some foods and you can go off on the deep end of looking up different herbs, but these are two that I really like that are easy to integrate to your diet whether you want to put it in a shake can get them in a capsule form and I think ginger tastes good as well so you can mix them with different things but those are great alternatives as well. Um, number 12 this is one thing that I've probably been doing for about eight or nine months now and I am a huge huge fan of and that's type taking digestive enzymes. Now I want to do another episode on this in the future on the benefits of digestive enzymes but a lot of the food that we eat as well as our body's natural state is not as efficient at producing digestive enzymes as we may have been in the past. And so again, it goes back to eating fast. We don't, we need to eat slower in order for our body to produce digestive enzymes. But also when you are highly stressed and when you're highly stressed environment, your body almost shuts down. And one of the things that it shuts down is the digestive enzyme production. And so if you are not getting the required enzymes, you could be eating healthy food, but not actually extracting that nutrients and converting those nutrients into energy for your body. So I think a digestive enzyme is excellent for everyone to take. Uh, regardless of where you are at on your health journey. And especially if you're an athlete and you have a higher protein requirement, like a lot of us do if you're training hard or something like that, it's going to help that protein get absorbed better and then converted into muscle. So that's why I really like it because it helps with the protein or feel like your protein doesn't go as much to waste. Number 13 is going to be having sufficient levels of zinc. And zinc is actually a supplement that I take it's also great for your immune system, which is really important right now. But I didn't know this, and it actually helps heal our body from wounds. And just as we might have wounds on the outside of our skin, again, going back to leaky gut, we can actually have a damaged stomach lining, and zinc is going to help repair, just as glutamine would with the bone broth, zinc is going to help repair that stomach lining because it's a mineral. So this is huge, and again, it's another reason to have great mineral supplementation in everything that you do. So take zinc, it helps not only with energy levels, uh, testosterone levels, any of that stuff, but it also helps heal your stomach lining. And I thought that was pretty interesting and just another reason to take zinc, as if you already didn't need an excuse uh, to help your immune system, especially with everything going on right now. And the last one, number 14, is going to be take a great probiotic. I hinted a little bit about this before, but you wanna make sure that the probiotic you're taking actually has the ability to go through your whole digestive tract. And the brand that I've been using lately and have fallen in love with is called Seed, S-E-E-D, just like a plant seed. And 
it what it does is it's wrapped in this prebiotic fiber that helps go through all of your stomach acid so it actually makes its way all the way through the digestive tract rather than getting burned up in our stomach acid like a lot of probiotics do that end up being pointless so again there's thousands of different ones that's one that i really like but probiotics are going to help populate our gut with that healthy bacteria which again is going to be the soil for the rest of our body and that's what this is all about if we can Make sure, just as a farmer would, he wants to make sure that his soil is healthy so that he grows beautiful, vibrant, lovely crops on his farm. We wanna do the same thing with our stomach. And we think about our body as a garden, to really getting in and getting in tune with having healthy soil is going to lead to a vibrant garden, but also in our case, better brain function, better body function, lower body fat, all those things. So those are 14 quick ways anybody can do. If you try any of these, let me know, or if you have already tried them, that's great, and you probably noticed some great benefit, but if you do any of these, let me know, and again, these are ones that I didn't want to have to be too big on changing a habit. A lot of people get set in routines, but these are all little different things that we can implement in our life that could be huge going forward to make sure that we, are having, we have the healthiest stomach possible, and I think a lot of the anxiety, the frustration, the irritation that can result from psychological stress can be helped with our stomach. And I know for someone that's experienced a lot of stomach pain and stomach problems firsthand, uh, not to the extent, not to say that I've had really bad problems, but just I've had struggles with that through my life. When I get my stomach dialed in, it tends to make everything else in my life better. I know physically, but psychologically and mentally as well. So again, if you have any feedback, definitely let me know, hit me up and don't forget, join that Facebook group. There's gonna be a lot of us in there that are talking about stuff like this and leveling up to the next phase of our life to raise everybody up and make everybody up this better. So thank you so much for tuning in and I will talk to you guys soon. Peace.